0: Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your monday night raw post show for march 14th 2022 i am your host jd from new york and this is the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your monday nights wherever you may be Probably one of the saddest days in all of pro wrestling, man, today. And it really hits closer to home because it was something that we all pretty much have lived through. And he was a major part of my childhood. And I'm assuming he was a major part of a lot of people's childhood in this very chat room tonight. A part of a lot of people's childhood that spoke so highly of him on social media all day today. With thoughts, prayers, love, and condolences. Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, the bad guy, passed away today. And I woke up to the news and I heard and read about it on Sunday afternoon. I didn't really say much of it on Sunday because I wanted to see what would actually happen in the hours after the news had broken. When a story like that breaks, I don't really immediately jump to any sort of conclusion or rush to make a video and update you guys on it or rush to make a tweet. But I woke up this morning and the first thing that I saw was Kevin Nash and the tweet that Kevin Nash put out there earlier this morning And I actually opened my eyes, it was the first thing that I seen this morning, and I got up, I walked out of the house, and I went to go move my car because it was shriek cleaning today, on Monday. And Kevin Nash posted a very heartfelt Instagram post in regards to Scott Hall. He said early this morning that Scott is on life support. Once his family is in place, they will discontinue life support. I'm going to lose the one person on this planet I've spent more of my life with than anyone else. My heart is broken, and I'm so very fucking sad. I love Scott with all my heart, but now I have to prepare my life without him in the present. I've been blessed to have him as a friend. Uh, That took me at at face value. When we jumped to WCW, we didn't care who liked or hated us. We had each other. And with the smooth Barry Bloom, we changed wrestling both in content and pay for those a lot that disliked us. We were the outsiders, but we had each other. Scott always felt he wasn't worthy of the afterlife. Well, God, please have some gold-plated toothpicks for my brother. My life was enriched with his take on life. He wasn't perfect, but as he always said, the last perfect person to walk the planet, they nailed to a cross. As we prepare for life without him, just remember, there goes a great guy. You ain't going to see another one like him. See you down the road, Scott. I couldn't love a human being any more than I do you, says Kevin Nash. That's earlier this morning on social media. Then Scott Hall, it was reported earlier this afternoon that he was taken off life support. And it was not there after, soon thereafter, he was pronounced as dead, and he passed away. He was taken off life support. Kevin Nash said that early this morning, one right after the other, to where we got to Monday Night Raw tonight. We saw, in memory of Scott Hall, Razor Ramon at the beginning of the show, and in an unbelievable tribute package to Scott Hall that I must commend WWE on because they look like they didn't have enough time to even get anything ready for Monday Night Raw. And with the news this afternoon, nobody really knew what was going on. It seeming seemingly looked like that WWE wanted to be the first one to let everybody kind of know and confirm what was going on with Scott Hall via Monday Night Raw tonight and that, is exactly what looks like to be the case. They did an amazing job with the video package tonight. And in the short time that they had, it goes to show you why WWE just gets it right when things like this are pretty much the most important thing on their program. Hall was somebody that was ingrained in my childhood, man. I'm I'm assuming it was the same thing for you guys. I, I remember... I remember going to school, and we were in the middle of lunch, or we could be outside. I went to Mount St. Michael Academy in the Bronx, and all the time we'd get off the school bus, and we'd kind of congregate in the parking lot before the bell rang, and we'd have all these different groups of people. You got your geeks hanging out with your geeks, and you got your jocks hanging out with your jocks. You got your... your cool kids, you know, mixed in with all the other cool kids and thinking their shit doesn't stink. I had my guys, man. I had my my wrestling guys. And I had my, my music guys, my heavy metal guys. We always used to talk about wrestling. Always. It even got to a point where we would mimic. We would mimic pro wrestling in the morning and after the bell rang when we were getting ready to go home Especially in the summer months when the faculty didn't really give a shit. We were outside in the parking lot, behind the school buses, on the front lawn of the school, just fucking DDTing each other, and having matches in between classes, man. It was crazy. We'd have paper championships, and we'd schedule matches during, during classes, and in between classes, people would be beating the shit out of each other. It was crazy, man. It was, wrestling was so big when I went to high school that everybody... Everybody was talking about it. There was always groups of people. There was always pro-WWE and pro-WCW. And I was always the pro-WWE guy. I never watched WCW. I never really watched WCW because, you know, my parents always told me it's either one or the other. They didn't really give us a lot of TV privileges when we were small. My parents, really early on, in the beginning stages of Monday Night Raw, my parents usually never let us stay up that late to even watch Monday Night Raw. Because it was always from 9 to 11. It was the beauty days, the great days, the good old days of Monday Night Raw, from 9 to 11. No more this 8 to fucking 11 bullshit. My parents usually never let us stay up to watch Raw. We'd tape it on the VHS. I'd watch it the next day after I got home from school in my room, Right before I did my homework. And if we didn't get our homework done or we we failed or we did bad in school, my parents took the wrestling privileges away. So there were several episodes of Monday Night Raw that I didn't really even talk about or even get to see. I had to ask my friends at school what happened on Raw. And then I hear the WCW group talking about what happened on Nitro. And I'd be asking my WWE friends what was going on during Raw because my parents wanted to be sons of bitches. Now let us watch I was always a pro WWE guy, but, but I always I always heard about the outsiders, NWO, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash and what happened with Hulk Hogan in the greatest heel turn that probably will ever exist. Hulk Hogan turning his back on the yellow and red, dropping that fucking leg drop on Macho Man Randy Savage at Bash at the Beach and aligning himself with Scott Hall Cutting that promo with Mean Gene, which is probably going to go down as one of the most important, probably the most important promo in the history of the business. That Hulk Hogan promo at the end of Bash of the Beach. The New World Order was formed. Everybody was so pro-WCW, man. Everybody. And I never watched. I never watched. I didn't really understand the gravity of it. The importance of it when, when I was living through the moment because I was so pro-WWE, I always want the WWE to be better. Uh, nothing's better than WWF, right? As I grew older, it was then I started to appreciate that moment because I was too young to appreciate it then. At that age, we're too young to appreciate really anything. And when I got older and I got into my 20s and my early 30s, and now where I sit today, I go back and I listen to promos from that time period, and I remember being in the parking lot of Mount St. Michael Academy with all my wrestling friends. And I think about the conversations that we had, which show was better, what we liked, what we didn't like, who we liked, who we didn't like. I look back at that and I go back and watch clips like I did today. And it truly is the most important point of what we do here. Scott Hall was a founding father of the true turning point in professional wrestling. And there will never, as long as you and I are alive, there will never be, WWE could go out of business fucking 50 years from now. From this point on until WWE goes out of business, there will never be another Scott Hall invading WCW there will never be another moment as big as Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan forming the NWO. It's basically what started WWE's ascent with the Degeneration generation X, Attitude Era, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and everything that they did. It was from that moment on, Scott Hall changed the game. Kevin Nash, Hulk Hogan changed the game. And it was all started off with him. At that moment, you thought, holy shit, I'm watching WWF and I see Razor Ramon last week and then I've watched the following week and I see fucking Scott Hall. See Razor, he didn't even say who he was. We knew who he was. Razor Ramon's on WCW Nitro. At that point, we didn't, I I didn't read dirt sheets. I called the fucking wrestling hotlines like every other fucking geek. I called uh, somebody here in New York who gave us news. It was one of those hotlines, those wrestling hotlines. And we were filled in by that. You know, there was AOL back in the day, but my dad, he never used to let us sit on the fucking computer with AOL, right? Maybe 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day. And when we saw that, we're like, holy shit, what the fuck is Razor Ramon doing on WCW? Why is he over there? One thing led to another. You'll never see anything like that again. Scott Hall wasn't a world champion. Scott Hall wasn't, you know, a a main event guy. He really was a main event guy, but he never really came off like that to Vince or to Ted Turner and WCW. But there's never going to be another moment like that, ever. And that's going to go down in the eternal history of pro wrestling as the most important thing that's ever happened in this business. Is that NWO forming with Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan? Now I could go back to talk about Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon, he's just like everybody else here, a part of your childhood, right? Razor Ramon, the bad guy, Chico, watching him debut in nineteen ninety two. You know, you look back at it now and it's like, oh man. You look back at that now and it's like, where the fuck did time go, man? You don't see characters like that anymore. And in the video package tonight, dating back to to 1992 when he first debuted with WWF, Triple H even said in the video package that they put on Monday Night Raw tonight, it was that gimmick, it was that persona that gave him the push he needed to break out with the type of charisma that he had. He just didn't know how to show it before that. Nobody knew who Scott Hall was. Nobody knew the charisma that Scott Hall possessed before that Razor Ramon character. It was that character that gave him the confidence to go out there and be who he is and show us who he is. It may sound and look cheesy to you looking back at footage from 1992 and you see this guy who looks like he wants to be a fucking mafia boss, who wants to be uh, Al Capone or Scarface, right? Right? And you see, with the gold chains and the fucking toothpick and the, hey, yo, you know, and and the, the Cuban accent, you look at that and it's like, could you ever envision something like that now? Probably not. But it was that. You look back at that. I'll look back at that fucking when I'm 60, 70 years old. I'll look back at that and I'll get the same fucking feeling I get now when I look at it. I miss it. It's part of my childhood. It's part of what I gave myself to keep myself at ease as a kid. It's what made me feel comfortable. That's the nostalgia that I enjoy. Seeing Razor Ramon on my TV in that video package today just really, it brought a tear to my eye watching Corey Graves talk about Scott Hall and him getting choked up a look like he wanted the ball out crying on Monday Night Raw before they shot it through the video package, that actually made me tear up. Razor Ramon, 1992, debuted. He aligned himself with Ric Flair. Soon before that, or soon after that, rather, kind of broke away from Ric Flair. He got into his first WWF title program at the 1993 Royal Rumble against Bret the Hitman Hartman, an underrated classic. Is that match with Bret the Hitman Hart. Every match that Brett's in was usually just fucking five out of five, top-notch, one of the best of all time, if not the best of all time. It's Brett Hart. He worked with Scott Hall. He worked with Razor Ramon in 1993 at the Royal Rumble, an underrated classic was that match. I loved everything about it. I watched that as a kid. And I'm like, I'd like to see Razor Ramon win the fucking WWF title. He was that good. He was that good. I love the promos leading up to it. He beat up Owen Hart in the back. He was threatening his father, Stu Hart. It was great. It was great. The gimmick, it just worked. And then in 1993, he went on to turn babyface eventually. He went after the Intercontinental Championship. He won a tournament against the model Rick Martell. and he became the Intercontinental Champion, all the while Shawn Michaels was getting suspended. For, uh, I don't remember what Shawn Michaels got suspended for. I believe Shawn Michaels got suspended for some drug-related issue. He was out for 30 days. He was the Intercontinental Champion at that time in 1993. One of the best Intercontinental Championship runs I think anybody could ever have was Shawn Michaels back in 1993. The level of competition he ran through as champion was fucking great. And then he ran into Razor Ramon. He came back in 1993 at the Survivor Series. Shawn Michaels wrestled. Bret the Hitman Hart and his brothers. It was supposed to be Jerry the King Lawler against Bret the Hitman Hart, but it was Shawn Michaels at the Survivor Series with the Knights against Bret the Hitman Hart and his brothers. At that pay-per-view, he brought back the Intercontinental Championship that he never lost. He was suspended for 30 days. They never took the belt from him. But Razor Ramon, at that point, you know, he was going to go on to win the Intercontinental Championship. And he did. He beat the the model Rick Martel. It was then that kind of transcended Intercontinental Championship history because that went into the Rumble. Shawn Michaels was still holding on to the Intercontinental Championship. Razor Ramon wrestled IRS at the 1994 Royal Rumble. And then we get to WrestleMania 10, and that's where everything just came to a final conclusion. One of the greatest matches that this company ever produced, a match that I don't think anybody thought was going to be Anything special, but it was legitimately the first ladder match I believe that WWE did on traditional pay-per-view. It was the first ladder match that I actually watched, personally, as a child. Shawn Michaels and Bretton Man Hart had a ladder match on WWF Home Coliseum video that nobody ever saw. It was at a WWE Superstar taping. That didn't make television. This was legitimately the first ladder match that WWE put on traditional pay-per-view, as far as I know, and it was the first ladder match that I watched, personally. And they went into Madison Square Garden, both Intercontinental Championships hanging from the ceiling of Madison Square Garden, and they put on one of the best matches that this company ever produced. There's not many matches that you could go back and watch that still stand the test of time. You could go back and watch that match at WrestleMania 10. At WrestleMania 10, we're at WrestleMania 38, and I guarantee you that match will rival anything you see on any wrestling show, WWE or AEW alike. Still, all these years ago. That's how important Scott Hall was to WWF. That's how important Scott Hall was to the world of pro wrestling. He went out to have a rematch with Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam. Not as good but still tremendous ladder match. He had feuds with gold dust that I loved personally, because I thought Dustin Rhodes absolutely killed the gold dust gimmick. I loved the gold dust gimmick when it first introduced and it really got the ball rolling. His feud with Razor Ramon was fucking great. It really was. There's not many people that could really match the intensity of Scott Hall, especially with gold dust like that, that was pushing Razor's buttons the way that he was. And it really it really just jumped off the screen. it It did. He put Sean Waltman over as the one, two, three kid. Remember Sean Waltman beat him on Monday Night Raw in a fluke victory. That really got the one, two, three kids career going in wWF? Scott Hall was tremendous. Scott Hall was tremendous. So a lot of people say that. He was the greatest man to never hold a WWF or WCW World Championship. If you said that today on social media, I can't fault you for that. He was absolutely somebody worthy of a WWF or or a WCW Championship. He was that good. He had everything that you would want in a pro wrestler. You talk about perfect pro wrestlers. Randy Orton's the perfect pro wrestler. Drew McIntyre's the perfect pro wrestler. Scott Hall. Scott Hall had everything. Great look, great body, great in-ring skill. He knew how to fucking move, sell, and he had charisma. Today you don't you don't see anybody with a tenth of the charisma of Scott Hall. Everything that you would want in a pro wrestler Scott Hall had. Everything. I could not fault you if you said that today. Another you know, guy that jumps off the page to me when that thing is said, when that statement is said is Kurt Hennig. Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect is also in discussion for being one of the greatest, if not the greatest ever, to never hold a WWF championship, which you look back at that nowadays and you ask yourself, how the fuck was that even a thing? How is that a thing? I don't understand that. Mr. Perfect. Truly one of the greatest ever. Never held a world championship. It is not many. There's not many things... In the world of pro wrestling that. That get me. Kind of emotional. Scott Hall and his passing got me emotional. Because it's. Directly correlated to. My childhood growing up. And what really. Was. The most beautiful part of my life. Scott Hall was a part. Of that. And we have. Nothing but. All these memories to go back. He'll live on forever. Scott Hall is going to live on for eternity. As long as we love this sport known as professional wrestling. He will live on forever here. It sucks. It sucks. And he was so young too. That's the, that, that's, that's the, the, the shittiest thing about him. He's so young. So young. He went in for hip surgery and complications for the hip surgery, he had not one, not two, but three heart attacks. I read that, and I and I couldn't believe what I was reading. Could not believe what I was reading. Complications from hip surgery, and he's not with us anymore. He beat his body to hell in ring, and then obviously out of the ring with all the abuse problems he had. He seeked help with DDP. DDP gave him a home, worked on him, got him to a great place in his life like he did with Jake the Snake Roberts. I believe he did have a pacemaker as well. He was beat up. He was beat up. He battled his demons. He was beat up. He was was trying to make the remaining years of his life as comfortable as possible. You know, someone, someone asked me today, with all the outloving of support and love that Scott Hall got today. Do you think that they actually know? Do you think someone like Scott Hall, do you think s- people like his friends know? Did Scott Hall know how, how loved he was by the fans and the world of pro wrestling? I, I, tr- I truly wonder that. I really truly wonder how and if he knew he was so loved by everybody. Because we all do love Scott Hall. And we, we will love Scott Hall forever. And I really wish I didn't have to come on here and talk about one of our childhood heroes, icons, not being with us anymore. Scott Hall is gone. Passed away today. My thoughts, my prayers, my condolences and love to Scott Hall and his family. He will never be missed. Well, he will be missed, but he's not going anywhere. He will be missed forever. But he's not really going to be missed because the memory of him is going to be living on forever, no matter what. And I urge, and I'm throwing this out there. I'm throwing this out there for WWE. You know, we talk about everybody that passes away, they got to get a memorial or, or an invitational or something named after him or them, yada, yada, yada. You know, if WWE wanted to do something for Scott Hall. Every WrestleMania. Because that ladder match, the WrestleMania 10 ladder match is the most important ladder match that will ever be in the history of the business. WrestleMania 10. That ladder match transcended the rest of them. WWE. WWE. Every single year, you know, you talk about bringing Money in the Bank uh, back. Talk about bringing the Money in the Bank ladder match back for WrestleMania. It's got its own pay-per-view. Every single year, they should do a Razor Ramon Invitational or Razor Ramon Memorial Ladder Match for the Intercontinental Championship. They should bring back something like that to honor somebody that truly was an inspiration To everything that followed. That's what I urge WWE to do. There will never be a more iconic and inspirational ladder match than what Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon did at WrestleMania time. And it should be memorialized forever. That's what I think. Rest in peace, Scott Hall. Truly sad day in the world of professional wrestling as as we lose yet another childhood hero of ours. Monday Night Raw. The big thing going into Monday Night Raw tonight was Cody Rhodes. Everybody was, oh, Cody Rhodes is going to show up in Jacksonville. Cody Rhodes is going to debut with WWE in the hometown of Tony Khan. What an asshole move that would have been. I looked at that and I'm thinking to myself, Cody's an asshole if he does do it but it's probably something that I would actually do myself. It's an asshole move, but an asshole move that I actually appreciate. Now, why he would do that to Tony Khan, who took care of him for three years, I don't know. But it's something that's, weirdly, I would appreciate because I would do the same thing myself. WWE was in Jacksonville tonight, and there was a report that Cody Rhodes was going to be on Monday Night Raw Tonight. Reddit user Kermit125. Sounds like a fat slob. Sounds like a basement dwelling geek. Kermit125. Don't know who he is. Apparently he's on the subreddit. This guy's apparently broken many stories before in the past, and he just posted this before Monday Night Raw, and I quote, The visionary is all smoke and mirrors. You're welcome. End quote. Now, this indicated before Raw that Cody Rhodes will be on Raw tonight to set up a match with Seth Rollins. Dave Meltzer reported earlier in the day that Rhodes versus Rollins was still listed internally for WrestleMania as of last Friday. For what it's worth, on Thursday, Brandi Rhodes tweeted, celebrating some cool things. So that may have been when the contract was signed on Thursday. Now, ringside news actually reported before Raw as well. And this is coming directly from their site. They asked about Cody Rhodes and the current status of Rhodes for Monday Night Raw tonight. And a tenured member of the writing team told Ringside News that no one has been talking about it. We were additionally told here at Ringside News that Vince makes decisions on Raw, tells Bruce Prichard and Ed Kosky and John Laurinaitis and the rest of the team stays in the dark until Monday. That was an exclusive from Ringside News. And then it was reported today by the same tenured member of the writing team that reached out to Ringside News. They circled back today, right before Ron Jacksonville, to see if anything changed on Cody Rhodes. And they were told today he's not being discussed with the writing team. So it actually backed up their original report. Whatever his deal is, it's being kept up above and secret for now. End quote. Cody Rhodes did not show up on Monday Night Raw. And this Kermit125 guy on Reddit, as far as his accuracy on these reports, uh, he's pretty much, according to what is being said on Reddit, nailed everything he's reported, including Ronda Rousey's number in the Royal Rumble, and plans for the WrestleMania main events. He was also first to report that Lita was returning to Raw in January to set up a match with Becky Lynch, and he first reported a few weeks ago about Sharmel going into the WWE Hall of Fame. So whoever this guy is clearly knows Brad Shepard, because Brad Shepard actually talked about this back at the end of February about Sharmel going into the WWE Hall of Fame, which I'll get to in a little bit. The other report, which is yet to pan out, is that Shad Gaspard, will be posthumously honored with the Warrior Award during the Hall of Fame ceremony this year, WrestleMania weekend. Now, I talked to a few people. I got Jesse excited about Monday Night Raw. I'm like, you gotta watch Monday Night Raw. Cody Rhodes is gonna be on. So he watched the opening segment and then he said, fuck this shit. I'm gonna go play Destiny and then I'll I'll be back at the end of the show to see Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes did not show up on Monday Night Raw. I was disappointed, a lot of people were disappointed, and I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at the main event, we get Rollins and Owens in the main event, the winner gets to interview Stone Cold Steve Austin, which was fucking lame, the winner gets to interview Stone Cold Steve Austin at Wrestlemania, Seth Rollins loses, he looks all dejected, and he still has no path to Wrestlemania. This match went on at 10.30. We got a couple of promo packages. The match didn't really officially start till about 10.44 Eastern time. It went to at least 10.59, and then it went off the air by 11, did Raw. And I'm like, no, Cody Rhodes. And I'm thinking to myself, why wasn't there Cody Rhodes on the show tonight? Because I would have debuted him in Jacksonville. I would have debuted Cody, got people talking, got people interested in Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins going into next week's Monday Night Raw, I would have made a, I would have made a big deal about Cody Rhodes on tonight's show. And then I, I really just sat with it for a little bit, and I asked myself, what would Cody Rhodes do? What is Cody Rhodes thinking? We all know Cody Rhodes is an egotistical son of a bitch. I love him. I think Cody Rhodes is great. I can't wait to see him. But what would Cody Rhodes do? What is Cody Rhodes thinking at this time? He's coming back to the E. Does he really want to debut in Jacksonville at a nothing Monday Night Raw? Does he want to debut at Jacksonville's Monday Night Raw episode tonight? Or does he want to debut like only Cody Rhodes thinks he should debut at WrestleMania? They're going to drag this shit out until whatever match it's going to be on whatever night it's going to be. Rollins and and Cody Rhodes is happening on either night one or night two, and they're going to drag this shit out until WrestleMania weekend because they dropped hints. They dropped hints tonight. So if you guys didn't watch Monday Night Raw, there were a ton of hints. Rollins lost the match to Owens, but Corey Graves dropped some hints tonight about Cody Rhodes coming in. In the closing minute of the show, Graves said that Rollins' WrestleMania hopes have been dashed and his dream has become a nightmare. Graves would not have said this without Vince McMahon telling him to drop those key words in on commentary right before they went off the air. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And it's going to be great when it does happen. Cody wants that big reaction. I'm coming back, but I'm not coming back on Raw. I'm coming back and I'm debuting at WrestleMania. Let's come up with an idea where Rollins is all ejected. He's got no path to WrestleMania. And I'm going to show up at WrestleMania when he's in the ring. He wants a match. I'm going to give him a match at WrestleMania. At this point, no, you know, normally I, I'm a stickler for story. But at this point, it, it's, it, it's involving Cody Rhodes. So if Cody Rhodes is going to be wrestling Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, it gives me another reason to get excited about WrestleMania, whereas I am not excited about anything WrestleMania outside Edge and AJ Styles.
2: There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all.
0: And I'm disappointed I didn't get to see him tonight because I really wanted to really get excited about Raw, which I haven't been in years. But Cody coming in at WrestleMania and wrestling Seth Rollins, it's going to be a big fucking deal. And I said to myself, what would Cody do? What does Cody want to do? Let's get in the mind of Cody Rhodes. And and then I'm thinking about what WWE would do. Would WWE want to debut him tonight? It probably would have went off great. It would have been talked about for days until next week's Monday Night Raw. We hear from Cody Rhodes, but the match is already made. We we got all these keywords. We got all these hints and seeds planted. WrestleMania is on its way to being sold out anyway. Do they really need to sell this match to you? Everybody's going to be watching WrestleMania anyway. So I'm thinking to myself, WWE doesn't need to give us Cody Rhodes on Monday Night Raw. But if he shows up at WrestleMania, everybody's going to be watching WrestleMania. I'm thinking in WWE's way of thinking. WrestleMania and after WrestleMania is usually seen as a reset. Do you want to integrate Cody Rhodes into a build that is already over? Or do you want to start fresh with Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania, go into the Raw after WrestleMania, and he's the first fucking thing that you see on Monday night after WrestleMania? It's the proverbial reset. Of Monday Night Raw and WWE after WrestleMania. And what better way to do that than with Cody Rhodes? So I'm okay. Am I disappointed? Of course. I'm not disappointed in in a way that I'm sad or upset or angry. I'm disappointed because I wanted to see him on TV. And I wanted to see him speak or come out and kind of engage in Rollins. But I know why it's being done it doesn't need to be on tonight's show. It's going to happen at WrestleMania. It certainly needs to be WWE's biggest talking point coming out of WrestleMania on Monday Night Raw because right now they got nothing else. Roman Reigns going to be the Universal and the WWE champion. He's going to SmackDown. Hopefully they unify those championships and we only get one champion. Cody Rhodes being the biggest talking point on Monday Night Raw. I can see why WWE held him off their show. So I'm not really all that upset about that. The rest of the show, though, not really all that exciting. I'm not excited about anything else outside of Edge and AJ Styles. We'll get into that. Charmelle, Queen Charmelle, the wife of Booker T, she was inducted into the Hall of Fame. I don't know why. I don't remember anything that Charmelle did in WWE outside of managing her husband. So we'll talk about that. And Randy Orton and Matt Riddle, they finally have their WrestleMania match. And it looks like we may be getting yet another triple threat match for the Raw Tag Team Championships at WrestleMania. So we will go over all of that tonight on the post show right here on Monday nights, Raw and off the script. Thank you guys very much for joining me again on your Monday nights wherever you may be. Follow me on social media, guys, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Thank you to all the new followers today on Twitter, man. You guys blew up my Twitter as we all celebrated the life of Scott Hall, man. Thank you guys very much. And if you guys are here, please hit that subscribe button. If you have not done so, or if you're new around here, welcome to the OTS venue. Grab a seat, grab a beverage at the bar. Everything's ice cold. You see the menu on the wall there. Make yourselves at home, bro. And if you guys feel like you are having a good time in here, hit that join button. Become a channel member right here on Off The Scripts. You're going to sit VIP with me back there. First round is on me. You guys get those emotes that you could use in the chat, custom to Off The Script only exclusive so off the script, and you guys get those badges next to your name to show off your VIP status, and we got some long-tenured VIPs in the venue right now, man. They're back there already, indulging in the finest adult beverages, as always. So make sure you guys hit that Join button, become a channel member right here on Off the Scripts. Go check out all my other videos this past week, man. We talked about Pete Dunne on Saturday, or uh, <laughs> Butch is his new name they renamed Pete Dunn Butch yes they aligned him with Ridge Holland and Sheamus, and gave him a 1940's paperboy gimmick yes, because Bruce Prichard was watching old time flicks back at the house on the weekend go check that out, I ranted about that for a little bit, more Cody Rhodes news over there Bunch of stuff that you guys might have missed if you weren't updated by YouTube, so go check that shit out. Everything you need is on the homepage right now. There is no SmackDown review because I was at House of Glory on Friday night, and we were on Fight TV. Briscoe Brothers and the Lucha Brothers, they were in the main event, minus Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix is still not medically cleared, but the Briscoes won the House of Glory Tag Team Championships. I was on commentary with the Solo Monster, as always. Always great working with the Solid Monster, and we will be back April 15th, so thank you guys very much for all of your support. And that's why there is no SmackDown post-show. So if you guys are wondering where is it, that's why. I was doing my other job, and I couldn't be here to uh, give you guys my in-real-time rant about Pete Dunne being named Butch. Tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped, Manscaped manscaped.com. You guys are going to use that code SCRIPT20 at checkout. To save yourself 20% off and get that free shipping, they got their ultra-premium collection. We'll talk about my friends over at Manscaped a little bit later on in the show. It's Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use code SCRIPT20 at checkout. And make sure you guys go hit a Bonfire.com. Link is in the description. Bonfire.com is the exclusive home of Off the Script and... Every T-shirt design that we got for the show, man. That's bonfire.com. I want to thank them, as always, for putting out a great product for the podcast. Let's get into the top, man. Monday Night Raw started off with Kevin Owens. And he's talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin. He called out Stone Cold Steve Austin at the end of Monday Night Raw last week. And Stone Cold accepted the challenge the very next day on WWE's The Bump. This was professionally filmed. Seemingly looks like WWE had this in the works for a little bit, at least a week, because they professionally filmed this somewhere where Austin lives, I'm presuming. Nice aerial shot, aerial shot of him driving his Jeep, and he gets out, and he addresses Stone Cold Steve. I wish promos were like this more often in WWE. It just gives a sense of realism. So WWE had Kevin Owens come out to open Monday Night Raw. And he started off by saying, hey, yo, in honor of Scott Hall. He said he is a happy Canadian because he's going to WrestleMania. He said as far as he's concerned, he's just not going to WrestleMania. He's going to the main event of WrestleMania Saturday because his guest is the greatest of all time. Stone Cold Steve Austin He said for a minute it looked all or like all hope was lost but he used his superior Canadian intellect and thought about what he could do. He said the entire world will get to watch the most stupendous KO show of all time as I decimate and smear Stone Cold all over Texas. He said people will be saying, oh, hell no, after he's done with Austin. He said he will then open up a can of Canadian beer, even though he doesn't like beer, Air 3 beats the living hell out of Austin at WrestleMania. I don't think that I ever indulged in a Canadian beer that I would drink regularly in my entire life. So as far as I'm concerned, the fact that Kevin Owens says he will open up a can of Canadian beer in Austin, Texas, where IPA is incredibly popular and Canadian beer largely sucks, to me that makes Kevin Owens a fucking scumbag. And a heel. And a damn good one. I love KO. That's the bottom line, because KO said so. He then turned and gave the cameraman a great-looking stunner, turned him inside out, almost took him out of his fucking shirt. Corey Graves says Kevin Owens knows what he's doing by trying to get under the skin of Austin. This is fine. This is fine. And I'm listening to Austin talk. Has he accepted KO's challenge after 19 years? I'm going to come back and I'm going to open up a can of whoop-ass all over Kevin Owens in Dallas, Texas. Jim Ross, who is very good friends with Stone Cold Steve Austin, actually talked about this last week on his podcast, and he said that he spoke to Austin, and Austin did not seem overly enthusiastic about what he was doing at WrestleMania. WWE wants Austin for a match. Austin doesn't want a match. Seemingly looks like WWE is going to try and get as close to a match out of Austin as they possibly can. This is billed as a KO show. But it looks like it will be more like a fight. It will start off as a KO show. It will turn into a glorified street fight. So there will be bumps. Austin has taken bumps before in the past, even in his retirement. And I figure that there will be bumps at WrestleMania. A couple of stunners, maybe stomping him a hole on Kevin Owens. Maybe a Luthez press, opening up a can of whoop drinking the beer, the whole the whole night. We're going to get everything that we ever loved about Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania. But I'm listening to Austin speak. And Austin is a very believable guy when, when he opens his mouth and he speaks. Everything out of Austin's mouth sounded so fucking forced. It really did. And I want to be excited to see Stone Cold. I know this is something that's just happening for WrestleMania. I don't agree with it. But there's nobody watching WrestleMania that's not going to be smiling and excited about seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin do what Stone Cold does best. And that's beat the shit out of people. Even at 57 years old. I know why WWE is doing it. I don't like it. It opens up so many fucking questions. It opens up Pandora's box. They're bringing back Austin, Austin's WrestleMania, but do they really need to bring back Austin in Dallas, Texas to sell X amount of tickets because they can't do it themselves because they've been lazy? They can't do it themselves because they've skimped on pushing and creating new stars. So they got to call Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's my gripe. That's my fucking problem with the company. And I don't like that. I want to see today's stars. I don't want to see stars of yesterday. So many people get drunk off of nostalgia. I don't like it. I don't think it's acceptable. It's good in little doses. But I know why WWE is doing this. And the fact that Stone Cold is not wrestling, he knows why they called him to. Kevin Owens is very lucky that Stone Cold is willing to work with him in any capacity at WrestleMania. Otherwise, we'd either get no KO at WrestleMania or KO versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, which we've already seen thousands of times before. He just did not sound believable in this promo. Sounded very forced. Oh, my God, you shit on Texas. So I'm coming to Texas, and I'm going to open up a can of whoop ass. This story is fucking lame. Lame. Oh, my God, boo-hoo-hoo, you talked about Texas. I don't give a fuck what you think of Texas. If I'm living in New York and you want to badmouth New York, by all means, badmouth New York. I don't give a fuck. But that's the basis of their WrestleMania showdown. Oh, my God, Kevin Owens made fun of Dallas, Texas. It's great. How much lamer could it be? WWE always seems to try and one up themselves when it comes to how lame they could actually get. Finn Balor. He won the United States Championship, I believe it was last week, if I'm not mistaken, correct? He won the United States Championship. Now, I didn't didn't really cover Monday Night Raw last week because I was hanging out with my friend Sean and we were drinking a bottle of whiskey and I had nothing to do with pro wrestling last week. But I believe Finn Balor won the United States Championship last week against Damian Priest, right? Finn Balor's the new United States Champion and I'm looking at the lineup for WrestleMania and I'm looking at where we could possibly fit in Finn Balor. Finn Balor versus Damian Priest is going to be your WrestleMania United States Championship match. Great. Damien Priest is very good outside of how WWE's ruined him in the last six months. Finn Balor is always great. So we got Finn Balor versus Damien Priest tonight. Finn Balor just won the United States Championship two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago? He just won the United States Championship. We get the rematch tonight and Damien Priest wins in eight minutes. He beats Finn Balor in eight minutes after Finn Balor just won the United States Championship. Why? Austin Theory's out there. He's sitting on commentary. Austin Theory is apparently feuding with Finn Balor. Austin Theory has a match with Pat McAfee at WrestleMania. Why is he out there? Why is he out there when he has nothing to do with whatever Finn Balor is doing and nothing to do with what Damian Priest is doing? His concentration should be solely on Pat McAfee. He should be on Friday night because he's fighting Pat McAfee at WrestleMania, right? So Finn Balor, he sees Austin Theory sitting on commentary next to Corey Graves. He went up for the coup de grace and he stopped. Because he saw Austin Theory jumping on and leaving the apron. So Finn Balor had a case of dumb baby face syndrome. So Theory jumps on the apron, he jumps off. Balor jumps off because he thought Theory was going to get involved. Balor ran outside. Theory went to go sit back down. he gave Theory a shotgun drop kick in his announced chair. But Priest took Balor and took advantage of this distraction brought him back in the ring, and gave him the Reckoning, which is basically a crossroads, which WWE ultimately took away from him when he got demoted to the main roster. He wasn't using the Reckoning as a finishing move. He was using that South of Heaven choke slam or, or the Razor's Edge. Not the Reckoning. So people tried to correlate, oh, Damian Priest is now using the Reckoning again because Cody Rhodes is signed to WWE. So they allowed him to use it now, being that Cody Rhodes is not an AEW employee anymore. We don't want our guy using something by uh, Cody Rhodes, who's an EVP over an AEW. Damian Priest wins 1-2-3 off the Reckoning and seemingly gets his United States Championship rematch at WrestleMania. Austin Theory, I'm assuming, is going to be challenging for the United States Championship. After he gets done with Pat McAfee at WrestleMania, which I'm assuming he will ultimately lose that match to Pat McAfee. Why do we need to constantly take a champion, and in this case, Finn Balor, who just won the United States Championship two weeks ago, and put him in a match against his WrestleMania opponent, ultimately to have the new champion lose in a non-title match only to get the challenger here a win because you need to justify getting a United States Championship match with Balor and Damian Priest at WrestleMania. It proves two things. Balor's a fucking waste, and the United States Championship is absolutely fucking worthless and irrelevant, just like all the other fucking championships in WWE not named the Universal and WWE Championship. This needs to stop. This process needs to stop. Now, I know WWE doesn't give a fuck about their championships, but Balor just won the fucking championship, and you have him show up two weeks after he wins it to lose to somebody he was only going to defend the title against anyway. Balor looks like a loser. The United States Championship looks like a piece of shit. This is why champions don't get over. This is why champions are never going to be taken seriously in this company If you're not Roman Reigns and and Brock Lesnar. It's fucking terrible writing. And I see it every fucking week, and I'm sick and tired of it. You will never see this happen on AEW television. And I don't wanna I don't want to mention Tony Khan or Dynamite, but you hardly ever see a champion lose on AEW television. And if they do make that situation into a thing, it's always explained. Always explained. WWE's writing is fucking terrible. Damian Priest has been booked into oblivion, and Finn Balor is never going to amount to anything on top of what he's doing now. This is the highest he'll ever be on Monday Night Raw. This is it. This is the extent of Balor on Monday Night. And being that it's Balor and how good he is, that's fucking sad. Kevin Patrick interviewed Seth Rollins and asked him about WrestleMania. Rollins said nothing. He stared off into the distance and the Jacksonville crowd chanted Cody in the background. Kevin Dunn was trying to mute the crowd as quick as possible, but I heard a, a nice two or three seconds of Cody, Cody chants in Jacksonville. It's all but a done deal, folks. We're just gonna have to wait 19 more days till we get... To WrestleMania. Omos Omos. Omos. He went one on one with Commander Aziz tonight. Keep in mind Apollo Cruz, he is catering's number one VIP. You know, I have the VIP room back here, man. That is Titus's. VIP Apollo Cruz, Commander Aziz. I was thinking, Omas, they're making a big deal about him getting a WrestleMania moment. Omos is going to get a WrestleMania moment. Omas. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, please don't tell me they're going to add Omas and, a, a, and Commander Aziz to the WrestleMania card. Oh my goodness. We got it tonight. And thankfully, this looked like it was going to be a one and done. We may get Apollo Crews versus Omos at WrestleMania. Who the fuck knows? Omos, for all the joking around that I do on Omos, Omos is genuinely fucking terrible. Omos is garbage. Omos is the great Khali 2.0 in 2022. If I'm comparing you to the great Khali, I don't want to see you on my fucking television at any point ever, as long as I'm watching this show. But there was a spot in this match that Omas went and did. And I was kind of impressed with the strength of Omas. Commander Aziz is not a small man. Omas picked him up and deadlifted him in a vertical suplex. Now, it wasn't a true vertical suplex, he muscled him up. But he got him up and slammed him down. It was almost like a half Falcon Arrow. Sky did a suplex on Commander Aziz and it looked fucking impressive. And then he picked him up and did the double choke slam. and that was it. He beat Commander Aziz in about two minutes. and that was it. One, two, three. He picks up Apollo Cruz. From the outside of the ring, he brings him to the apron, throws him into the ring, and gives him a double hand choke slam for his troubles as well. And that was it. Commander Aziz and Apollo Cruz, goodbye. Apollo Cruz is going to be on the Nick Conman budget cut list after WrestleMania, along with Teabag Mace, and Shotzi Blackheart. You may even see Zia Lee on that. Budget cut list. Where's Zaya Lee? She made her debut on SmackDown a couple weeks ago, right? Three weeks ago. We haven't seen her since. Maybe Bruce got tired of kung fu movies. Maybe it was just a thing for that weekend. Oh, you know what? Uh, Vince, we got Xia Lee. Maybe we should debut her finally and get her in the ring. And then uh, Vince is like, oh, that's a great idea. Where did you get that inf- inspiration from, Bruce? Were you watching The Karate Kid this weekend? And Vince and Bruce watched all the Karate Kids. They got excited. And then after that, forget about it. It was all over. Omos wins in two minutes. There you go. Backstage, Kevin Owens approached Seth Rollins and said he knows it's a tough time, but tough times don't last. Chaos said it doesn't have to be this bad. He says he was in his position, or if he was in his position, then he thought he had a great idea. He said, Seth is a visionary, so get a vision. He said he beat Triple H, he beat Brock Lesnar, he cashed and money in the bank, and lost to him. You and I created a WrestleMania moment together, Owen said. Maybe we can do that again. He suggested that they build something together. Seth suddenly got a vision right then and there and got very excited. He smiled and he walked away. Kevin Owen says, well, uh, it looks like I helped. Maybe I helped him. So Seth Rollins was going to go out to the ring and explain to everybody his vision on how to get to WrestleMania. Not before we see Queen Zelina, Zelina Vega, and Liv Morgan one-on-one. The women's tag team title situation is an absolute fucking disgrace. It's an embarrassment. And uh, I I do believe Rhea Ripley was actually interviewed and said something along the lines of, uh, she knows the fans don't like the women's tag team titles. She wants to change, change the fans looking down on the women's tag team titles. I don't think that's going to happen, honey. You can try and try and try all you want to your heart's desire, man. You ain't changing my fucking opinion on those women's tag team titles. Maybe if you burned them, I'd have a better fucking outlook on the tag team championships because that's exactly where they need to be, man. That's exactly where they should be. In a fucking fire. They are as worthless as anything I've ever seen on television. She did an interview and she said this about the women's tag team titles and the fans' perception of the women's tag team titles. I think it's a, I think it's very important. The women's tag team championships sort of get looked down upon by a lot of people. I see it on social media all the time. I get it. We don't really get good positions on the show and our matches are very, very quick. So it's important to put it on WrestleMania and remind everyone Exactly what we can do and how much of these titles, you know, and what they truly mean. I love the tag team titles. I love tag team wrestling. I love everything about it. We just have to remind everyone how much they love it as well. That's what we're trying to do. End quote. You don't have to convince me of fucking tag team wrestling. I love tag team wrestling. Just look at us on, on Wednesday nights. Everybody loves tag team wrestling. Everybody loves tag team wrestling and WWE. As well, the fans love tag team wrestling. We don't get enough of it in a meaningful way. Look at that triple threat match on Monday Night Raw. We got RK Bro, we got Alpha Academy, and who was the other team last week Or in that, in that triple threat match? That triple threat tag team match w- was fucking great on Monday Night Raw. Absolutely great was that tag team match on Monday Night Raw. That's what WWE is capable of as far as tag team wrestling is concerned. You don't have to convince the fans of tag team wrestling. You got to convince Bruce Pritchard. You got to convince Vince McMahon. They're the ones who hate fucking tag team wrestling. They're the ones who hate tag team wrestling. WWE is in a position to fix this and go about it. Owens and Seth were in that tag team match. Owens, Seth, Alpha Academy, and RK-Bro. Fantastic triple threat match. Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, you know, they're not a real tag team. And neither are fucking Nakamura and Rick Boogs over on SmackDown. They're getting the SmackDown tag team title shot at WrestleMania against the Usos. RK-Bro isn't even a real fucking tag team. But WWE has latched onto something that actually works and people like. So why not go and fix it? The tag team division needs to be merged. That's just for the men. The women's division needs to be merged as well. There's no need for women's tag team wrestling. There's no need for women's tag team championships. None. But you don't have to convince me. You got to convince Bruce and Vince McMahon. They're the ones who actively fucking hate. Tag team wrestling. And then a high on Rhea Ripley either. Because if they were high on Rhea Ripley, she wouldn't be stuck in another fucking tag team after they just took her out of a tag team with Nikki Ash. They put her in another tag team with Liv Morgan just to get her on the fucking show so that they could say, hey, Rhea Ripley has a WrestleMania moment. The tag team titles are not needed. That's why people look down on them, because they see the overall state of the division. It sucks. And they see the, the division as it sits with no tag teams. And they wonder and ask the same fucking questions I've been asking for years now. Why? There's no tag teams. So there's no need for tag team titles. At all. So they got this match... Liv Morgan wins. What else is fucking new? You know, normally I complain about champions losing. Zelina is a tag team champion with Carmella. I don't give a shit because the titles are fucking worthless. So they could lose all they want. I don't give give a shit. Normally I would complain about it. But they're fucking about to be broken up anyway. And they suck. Both of them suck. Liv Morgan wins in three minutes. That's the extent of WWE giving their women TV time. Three minutes. I don't want to hear anybody fucking complain about AEW's lack of women's wrestling when you can watch a three-hour fucking show and get one three-minute match on Monday Night Raw. And then we get Bianca Belair versus Drop. What is this now, the fifth fucking time in the last month and a half? I don't want to hear another fucking word out of the AEW women's division. Liv Morgan wins. Why? Because Carmella distracted Liv from the ring apron Zelina then powerbomb Liv off the second rope. And then Rhea Ripley approached Carmella on the outside. She goes running and shrieking in terror, jumps in Corey Graves' lap. Rhea Ripley's not going to attack Corey Graves. So at the end of all this, Zelina was distracted. Liv caught a distracted Zelina with her finisher. And that was it. One, two, three. Liv Morgan wins. And they were already in the tag team title match at WrestleMania. What point was this match? This match meant nothing to anybody because everybody here is going to WrestleMania. Just a TV match to fill TV time with absolutely no meaning whatsoever. The only thing that I got out of this is that Carmella... And Zelina are losing those fucking tag team championships, and rightfully so. And it doesn't matter who the tag team titles go to. It doesn't matter who's wearing the tag team titles. It could be fucking, it it could be Zelina and Carmella. It could be Naomi and Sasha. It could be Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. At the end of the day, where the titles are now, and the situation that you're dealing with with the titles now, it's going to be the same shit. No matter who is holding the championships, it doesn't matter. A waste of a fucking match and a waste of a tag team title. Seth Seth Rollins was coming on out. Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan were still in the ring. Rollins' music hits, and I'm like, oh, here we go. Rollins is coming out. Will we see Cody on Monday Night Raw at the start of Hour 2? He said with less than three weeks to go, he thought all hope was lost. He said then his best friend K.O. reminded him exactly who he is. He called Kevin Owens to the ring. Owens came out. He says he can't wait to hear his idea. Seth said K.O. has a talk show, the K.O. show, and his guest at WrestleMania is going to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. Great. He laughed, and he said, What if I also had a talk show like Freakin' Speaking?" With Seth freaking Rollins. I think that sounds incredibly fucking lame. Or maybe I bring back the Rollins report. What if my guest was Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens said, no. I'm doing the KO show at WrestleMania and Steve Austin is my guest. You can't have a talk show with my guest. That's nonsense. This is not a good idea. He told Seth to go to the back and see Becky and the baby. I know they're back there. Seth proposed that they have a match tonight. The winner would then get Steve Austin as their guest at WrestleMania. WWE is so just creatively bankrupt on the road to WrestleMania that they're now having Stone Cold Steve Austin on a fucking pole matches two weeks before WrestleMania. The main event of tonight's show was to see who gets to interview Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania. Not for a match. It's not for a title. Who gets to interview Stone Cold Steve Austin? I don't know who wrote this segment or who gave this idea, but this segment and idea sounds like it was written by a fucking four-year-old. That's what we're doing on the road to WrestleMania 2022. This is WrestleMania build, three weeks, two and a half weeks to be exact, before WrestleMania? Oh, you're going to put Owens and Rollins in a, in a main event match. Yeah, no titles on the line. It's the winner getting Stone Cold interview at WrestleMania. How fucking pathetic. Yeah, you want me to care about Stone Cold's return to the WWE? Mired and fucking just... Sitting in this sea of fucking mediocrity, this sea of bullshit, this is what you want me to be excited about. I didn't give a fuck about this match because I knew Kevin Owens wasn't going to lose. The only thing I care about is where Rollins is going. Where's Cody? When's Cody coming out? What's Cody going to say? Was this really needed? Was this needed? Maybe. Maybe it was a last-minute thing. Maybe Cody was set to debut on tonight's show, and they said, you know what? Last minute in the fucking 11th hour. Yeah, we're not going to do it. What are we going to do in the main event? I yeah, we'll do Rollins and Owens, and we'll just build it around Stone Cold Steve Austin. A fucking interview for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Great. Sonya Deville comes out, and she said she kind of likes Seth's idea, and she said she's going to give us this main event, Owens, Rollins, Austin on the line. Absolutely creatively bankrupt is WWE. Ryan Dominic Mysterio versus Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, two guys who will also be on the Nick Conman budget cut list after WrestleMania. If not Sh- Shelton, most definitely Cedric Alexander. They're still calling these geeks the Hurt Business. Why? What is Hurt Business about Shelton and Cedric Alexander? The Hurt Business was these two guys, MVP and Bobby Lashley. This is not the Hurt Business. The only thing that is Hurt Business is three hours of Monday Night Raw that I have to fucking sit through every Monday night. That's the fucking true Hurt Business. Mysterios win in four minutes. Miz and Logan Paul were out there on commentary. Oh joy, oh joy. Which match am I going to take a fucking piss break for? Which match am I going to take a beverage break for? Which match am I going to clean cat shit and cat piss in the litter boxes for? Now you know. Logan Paul and the Miz versus the Mysterios. Three minutes. Everything's three minutes. WWE, three minutes you to death. Everything's three minutes. Mysterios gave Alexander a double 619 before Ray took out Benjamin with a fez press off the apron. Dominic gave Alexander a beautiful-looking frog splash off the top, and that was it. One, two, three. And the match was over. The Mysterios get the victory. Miz and Paul attack the Mysterios post-match. Oh, joy, oh, joy. Trying to develop some Tension between the two teams—something that doesn't exist here. Ray got rid of Miz, which left Paul surrounded by the Mysterios. They dropped him on the middle rope, set up for the six-one-nine, but the Miz quickly thought on his feet and yanked Logan Paul from the ring before the Mysterios could deliver the six-one-nine. Great, great. WWE actually actually asked the question. Who are you looking forward to most at WrestleMania? Which match are you looking forward to most at WrestleMania? They had a picture, a graphic on Twitter of Logan Paul, Johnny Knoxville, and uh, who else was on that? Pat McAfee. And I I tweeted, I'm like, how about an actual fucking wrestler? You're giving me D-list celebrities. How about an actual fucking wrestler? Who am I looking forward to? How about AJ Styles? How about Edge? Right? Being that they're two of the best in the world. Speaking of Edge. Speaking of Edge. How great is this Edge heel turn, man? How great is this Edge heel turn? Last week, or the week before, I don't know where it was. Um, The last time we saw Edge. It's tough for me to remember because I fucking missed Monday Night Raw last week. The last time we saw Edge, he came out, and he was in this purple light. He had this mist. Almost reminded me of, a, of an Undertaker entrance. He didn't come out to any entrance, though. He didn't come out to any entrance music. Normally, he comes out to Alter Bridge. He comes out to Metalingus. Alter Bridge is, one, Alter Bridge is my favorite band. I, I, I always speak about Alter Bridge. Always. Miles Kennedy is the best modern rock vocalist in the world. He may be the best vocalist of all time. Miles Kennedy. That's the lead singer for Alter Bridge. He also has some solo stuff as well. Very country-esque, very acoustic. But it's Miles. I mean, his voice is intoxicating. Everybody knows Edge from Metallica and Alter Bridge. You think you know me. And then you hear that chugging guitar riff, Mark Tremonti on guitar. He came out to know theme music. Tonight, tonight I hear The Other Side by Alter Bridge. I'm like, whoa. They actually got the rights to another Alter Bridge song, and they used The Other Side by Alter Bridge, which not only fits Edge perfectly because of the heel turn, But it's also, in name of the song, The Other Side. This is the other side of Edge. We always knew that other side, right? The good side. This is the other side of Edge. And the darkness of this song. If you guys go to Spotify and you listen to The Other Side by Alter Bridge, it's Miles in in a very dark, lyrically written song about not liking somebody, And damning them to hell. If you go listen to the fucking lyrics. And the broodingness of it. And the darkness of it. The heaviness of it. And you listen to Miles. Miles got that beautiful fucking melodious tone. But it's also kind of angry in this song. Whatever they did with this edge heel turn. This heel turn was stamped with a fucking JD massive seal of approval just because of the theme song alone. I love it. Absolutely love it. I'm looking forward to seeing what Edge does with this new gimmick and this new heel turn moving forward on Monday Night Raw, man. This could be, you know, Edge has done some of the best work in his entire career in this last three years. From matches to promo work He has been nailing it. At his age, he could still go out there and without a shadow of a doubt say he's one of the best in the business at his age, man. No question. If he stays on, I want to see Edge at the top of Monday Night Raw challenging for a WWE championship. Seriously. Now, I don't know if they're going to have another world championship on Monday night. If Roman's going to win both belts, I I don't know. But Edge right now is doing unbelievable work. And that theme song just solidified it, man. That's going to be, that, I've said it time and time again. If WWE doesn't get Alter Bridge to play Edge to the fucking ring at WrestleMania, they are missing out, man. They are seriously missing out. That's what I want at WrestleMania. What do I want at WrestleMania? I want fucking Miles singing Edge to the fucking ring. And kudos to Edge, man. Edge got some good fucking taste in music. He could have went with any other song. You know what he did? He went with another song from the same band that was his theme music for his entire fucking career. He went right back to the best. Why? Because Edge is the fucking best. I can't have this fucking run without Alter Bridge as my theme music, man. Edge is an Alter Bridge stand, and I love it. I think that's fucking phenomenal. He comes out, got this blue light shining on him, So for the last two weeks, his synapses have been firing to to a degree that it took a while for him to decipher the code of what he has become. He said that's above what the fans can understand, but he'll grant them mercy because they're simple. He said he is better than everyone. He says he's better than the fans, but that's a given. But he means he's better than every person in the entire industry. He said since he came back two years ago, he hasn't shown that aptitude. He said the edge that came back, aiming to appease the fans, was weak. He said he realized the fans don't matter to him. He said in trying to appease all of them, he took his eye off the prize and allowed Randy Orton to tear his triceps from the bone. He said he allowed Seth Rollins to cost him the Universal Championship and walk into his home and piss on his home and in his territory. He allowed Roman Reigns, a man who can't lace his boots, to stack pin him At WrestleMania, he said AJ Styles would leave that to Edge or leave that Edge in the dust. But that Edge is dead, baby. He said he now sits atop his mountain of omnipotence. He says he won't be judged by anyone in the locker room, including Styles. Edge said they are two generational talents who will battle for the first time ever on the grandest stage of them all. He looked at the WrestleMania sign and then he said AJ You will be judged. End quote. This is exactly the type of edge I wanted to see, man. This is a different take. Heel edge was the best edge. The rated R edge was the best edge. This is a different heel edge. This reminds me. Of Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, whether you love him or hate him, Chris Jericho is one of the guys in this business that recreates himself every time he feels the need to do so and he hits a home run every fucking time. My favorite version of Chris Jericho is exactly what we're getting here. It's almost quite similar, to be honest with you. When Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho were feuding and we got that very snarky, very, very prick-like Chris Jericho who's using all the big words and fucking speaking very intelligently. That was the best Chris Jericho that ever was in his entire career. That's my favorite Chris Jericho feud, period, against Shawn Michaels. We're getting Edge, and we're getting something very similar to what Jericho did against Shawn Michaels all those years ago. The difference is Edge is a little bit older here, and Edge right now, he feels he needs to do it. Because he might have been feeling a little stagnant with the babyface run. But the thing is with Edge now, it's a much more welcome feel. Because there really wasn't much for him to do. And and nowhere for him to go as as babyface Edge that we saw of him for the last two years. And kudos to Edge, man. Kudos to Edge. He changed himself when he didn't really have to. He changed himself because he felt the need to. He could have remained content with the rest of his run, the way it was, but he wanted to challenge himself. He wanted to go heel. He wanted to turn to the darker side. He wanted to change what we knew and loved about him. He wanted to change his theme music, and everything just works. Everything is working. There's nothing that that man can do and nothing that that man could say that I would ever look down upon. It's fucking great. And everything he's doing here. You know, I find it funny. Jericho interviewed Keith Lee. If you guys did miss that interview on Talk of Jericho with Keith Lee, a very eye-opening interview. Go and listen. Everything that we talked about here, Keith Lee kind of confirmed in that interview. But he said, The weakest part of my, uh, my, my repertoire is my promo. People didn't like the way I was cutting promos. His cadence. He was speaking very intelligently. Vince didn't want him to speak intelligently. Vince even said, the way you speak, it's it's almost you sound it's almost like you sound too intelligent. We don't need you to sound too intelligent. We just want you to go out there and beat the shit out of people. And he didn't know he didn't know that. He said, Vince, I can't do that. That's not me. You know, I can't, I can't not speak like I can't not speak the way I speak. It's it's just who I am. So we got edge over here. He's speaking, uh, he's speaking all intelligently, he's speaking very high of himself. You know, he's got this cadence to him omnipotence. It's a very Vince McMahon word, omnipotence. He's got edge doing the very, I'm, I'm better than you, and I'm smarter than you, and I'm uh, a much better speaker than you. And he's speaking in this tone with all these big words, sounding more intelligent than everybody else. But he didn't want Keith Lee to do that. It's very weird. Vince McMahon's just a very weird individual. But I'm loving this edge, man. This was fucking great. We're going to move on to uh, what I thought was probably Becky Lynch's best segment in many, 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 many months. She finally did something right on WWE television. To the shock of everybody, Becky Lynch finally did something right on Monday Night Raw. But before I do that, I want to check the chat, man. What's going on in the chat? You guys still up? you guys still drinking? What are you drinking? I'm just getting started here, man. My beverage is still cold. Hopefully you guys have your cold beverages and another one on reserve. Hit that thumbs up. We got 1,100 likes in the chat. That's what I like to see, man. I didn't even mention in the beginning. Usually I say 1,000 minimum. We got 1,100. If you guys are in the chat and have not hit the thumbs up, please hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,500 likes on today's Off the Script. Also, get your Super Chats in, man. We're going to read the Super Chats at the end of the show. You sound off and you let me know what you thought of tonight's show, where you think Cody's going, when he's debuting. Give me your thoughts on Racer Ramon and your fondest memory of Scott Hall. So get your Super Chats in. We will hang out at the end of the show and read through them all. Today's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscapes. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com. And you guys are going to get 20% off and free shipping with the code SCRIPTS20. They just launched, did Manscaped, their ultra-premium collection. Now, we all know about the Manscaped Lawn 4.0 for that precise trim below the waist. Their advanced skin-safe technology. Their Ultra Premium Collection is now on the website, man. So not only do they got the lawnmower and everything about the Lawnmower 4.0 that you love, but now they have the Ultra Premium Collection. This collection includes Manscaped's Premium Deodorant. It's It's not for your balls, don't worry. It's for your armpits, and we all know wrestling fans have smelly armpits, This deodorant dries clear. It is aluminum-free. It smells like their signature scent. They got a hydrating body moisturizer as well. So if you guys have dry skin or you got tattoos, it's designed to keep your skin feeling clean, smooth, and smelling fresh. They got their body wash to lather you up with their infused aloe vera and sea salt shower gel. Two-in-one shampoo and conditioner to clean your scalp. And... They got a free gift as well, a three-pack of lip balm that's made up with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil to keep those lips feeling moist. That's four products and a gift inside the Ultra Premium Collection. Can't get any better than that, man. 20% off, free shipping. That's code SCRIPTS20 at checkout at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping, like I said, at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle thanks to Manscaped, and I want to thank them for once again supporting the podcast right here on Off the Scripts. Thank you guys very much, man. Hit them up, believe me. I use these products on the daily, and I would never give you guys anything that I'm not using myself. Becky Lynch, she was in the next segment. Bianca Belair wrestled Doe Drop again. Don't know why. The more they do it, the less impressive it really does look. Doe Drop loses again in about seven minutes. This is the ninth time that these two have had a match in the last Four months, none of which were for a fucking championship. They took each other out two minutes into the match. Belair kicked out of a Michinoku driver. This was followed with a spine buster and a KOD for the pinfall. KOD, the same KOD that you've seen the last five times we've seen these two in the ring is the same thing that they did tonight. And you tell me that WWE doesn't have a problem with their women's fucking division? The fact that we saw this match nine times over the last four months? After the match, Becky Lynch yanked Belair by her braid. And that was the premise of this beatdown. Apparently, Becky Lynch had a throat issue. And Bianca Belair was the cause of that. Becky showed up, yanked Belair to the floor by her braid, threw her into the ringside steps. She was mad, slammed Belair into the announced desk. Becky then set up a chair at ringside and rammed her face into the chair. So she wrapped the chair around Belair's face and neck and threw Belair right into the steel post. And Becky pulled her braid through the chair right into the steel post. And Becky leaned over and said, Next week, it's the hair, bitch. I pray to God they do not cut any of Bianca Belair's braid. I, I, I have a feeling, I have a feeling Bianca is getting her hair cut. I really do have a feeling Bianca's getting her hair cut, man. And, and that would be, that would be a fucking cardinal sin amongst cardinal sins. Do not. Do not. Touch the hair. I hope Belair... Is ready for what's coming. Because I do not think this is going to go well for Bianca Belair. Now, uh, Becky's voice sounded good. She had a a voice issue the last couple weeks because of Bianca Belair. So the continuity was there with Becky Lynch attacking Belair's throat. She went for the hair because Belair whipped Becky and left one of those gnarly gashes on her body because it's fucking brutal. So Becky coming out here to attack Bianca Belair was actually a well thought out plan. Went for the throat because Bianca Belair went for Becky's throat. Targeted the hair because Bianca whipped Becky Lynch. So this was probably the best thing that Becky Lynch has done in many, many, many months. And one real reason why this was is because we didn't hear her speak. More of this Becky Lynch and the less of Becky Lynch opening her mouth. We go to Hour 3. Randy Orton and Matt Riddle, they were in the middle of the ring. We were having having an RK Bro celebration. So they don't have a match as of right now before this segment at WrestleMania. And they got the tag team titles and they won that match to win the tag team titles against Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins and Alpha Academy. Riddle told Orton he keeps replaying what happened last week over and over and over and he said they did it and they're going to WrestleMania. We did it. Orton said Riddle is right. He said earlier in the day in the locker room, he was doing a little math. Not meth, math. He said this is his 18th appearance at WrestleMania. He said this will be the sweetest because he's never entered as tag team champion. He thanked Riddle for his friendship. They hugged. He keeps thanking Riddle for his friendship. Imagine we get RK-Bro losing the tag team titles at WrestleMania and then Randy Orton just flips the switch. And we get Riddle versus Orton and we get that going. Riddle thanked Orton for getting popcorn. He asked if it came from a local popcorn store in Jacksonville, Florida. Orton said no, it came from the concession stand. Riddle thanked Orton for the bubble gum as well. Riddle said there's a third gift that goes with the gum. It was in a green little bag. Clearly, you know what that is because, you know, Bruce Pritchard needs to just throw it out there every fucking week that Matt Riddle likes to smoke the fucking Magic Dragon. I get it, Bruce. Thank you. Street Profits came out before Riddle could reveal what was in this green little bag that Randy Orton got Matt Riddle. What was in it? What was in it? A fucking pack of marbles? Give me a break. The Profits came out and challenged RK-Bro to a tag team title match at WrestleMania. Gordon said that they had to jump through hoops and even win a spelling bee to get the tag team titles back. He said they can enjoy some popcorn, but the answer is no. Montez Ford then began to talk when RK-Bro and the crowd was just there cheering on RK-Bro. He said RK-Bro owes them a match. He says they're way past asking for opportunities around here. We're telling you we're facing you at WrestleMania. So that's how it works now. That's how it works now. The Prophets apparently think that they, you know, because they pinned RK-Bro in a a tag team match that did not involve the tag team titles, that they deserve a tag team title opportunity. So they're out here asking. They didn't do jack shit. Street Prophets haven't done shit to get a tag team title opportunity, but they're out here asking. That's all you got to do. Be a loser and ask. And that's how WWE deems you worthy of a tag team title, or a a title opportunity in general. We're telling you we're facing you at WrestleMania. Orton said, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and Vince McMahon never told him what to do when he was in the ring, and you aren't going to tell me either. That's a legit shoot. He told them to turn around and leave, or else he's going to listen to the voices in his head and make them leave. Riddle then got in between them. He told Randy they make a good point because they did beat them, We've got to face somebody at WrestleMania. It's the right thing to do. Orton said they're lucky that Riddle is so cool, we accept. So Ford thanked Riddle for talking some sense into Orton. He said they'll show them how to throw a party that's not so much ass. That's what he did. He sniffed and then he said ass. Riddle told Ford not to disrespect Orton and Orton worked very hard on getting this party ready. He said he didn't want to wait till WrestleMania. Angelo Dawkins says, well, we're up for a fight. Orton then interrupted him and did their catchphrase, and we got an impromptu match between Riddle and Montez Ford that went to a no contest. Riddle caught Ford with a surprise RKO. Otis came and attacked Orton at ringside. This distracted Matt Riddle. Shad Gable then threw Dawkins into the ring post. Otis pulled Riddle out of the ring And slammed him into the corner right where the barricade kind of juts out the corner of the barricade right against the corner of the barricade. And this was a no contest because Otis and Gable interfered. So we got a triple threat match against all three of these teams looking likely for WrestleMania. We just got dumped a triple threat match between Owens, Rollins, Alpha Academy, and RK-Bro. And it looks like we're getting another triple threat match at WrestleMania. If they could do and do anything close to what these other teams did when RK-Bro won the tag team championships against those two other teams at WrestleMania, I think it would be great. Can they duplicate it? Why not? I think they could. But what is the end goal here? What is the end goal? Are we getting new tag team champions and a split of RK-Bro? Because, you know, Orton telling you, oh, this is my friend. This is my friend. Matt Riddle is my friend. I'm having a great time. This is the best time of my career. All bullshit. We all know what's coming. When it's coming and how it's going to happen, I don't know. But Matt Riddle is going to be betrayed by the Viper. Because Randy Orton doesn't stay friends with you for long. Randy Orton is going to do what Randy Orton thinks is best. And at the end of the day, when he doesn't need Matt Riddle, he's going to show everybody how how exactly he doesn't need Matt Riddle. We're going to get that, and I do believe, with what we got going on, Matt Riddle should be catapulted into the main event with Randy Orton putting him over. Whether that means winning money in the bank, winning the WWE Championship. At the end of all this, if Matt Riddle is not bigger because of this, and he doesn't get that match with Orton and beat him legitimately, what the fuck are we doing here? That's the whole premise of this feud. This is why they've been together for so long. It's got to make Matt Riddle bigger than he is now. And if that is not the goal, I don't know what we're doing. But it looks like we're getting a triple threat match with the Street Profits, Alpha Academy, and RK-Bro at WrestleMania. Backstage. Kevin Patrick interviewed Seth Rollins about his opportunity tonight. Seth was excited. He said he's about to punch his ticket to WrestleMania. He said WrestleMania needs him as much as he needs WrestleMania. So we got KO versus Seth Rollins in the main event of Monday Night Raw. Went 17 minutes, just about 17 minutes. Had a very good match. The end result here was not surprising whatsoever. The basis of the match and the stipulation of the match was rather fucking lame. It was basically a Stone Cold Steve Austin interview on a poll match. They're fighting over who gets to interview Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania. So, Rollins and Owens had a very good match here. Uh, Owens was in control with a DDT. Rollins fought back, hit a sling blade and a springboard knee before hitting some suicide dives. The second one sent Owens over the announce table. Owens barely beat the tent count back in, and when he got back into the ring, Rollins was there and kicked him in the face with a super kick. Rollins followed with a beautiful frog splash. They battled on the top rope, which led to Owens hitting an avalanche fisherman suplex, which looked great for a near fall. He tried for a senton, but Rollins got his knees up. Owens then came back with a clothesline. Rollins countered a stunner into a schoolboy, and obviously this could have been a three because the referee was out of position, but it was only a two count. Rollins was then begging the referee, that was a three, that was a three. Owens hit him with a stunner, and that was it. One, two, three. Owens pins Rollins, and Rollins is still at a crossroads on the road to WrestleMania. See what I did there? Is He's at a crossroads on the road to WrestleMania. You guys get what I'm talking about. I know I'm a geek. Sue me. The match was fine. The stipulation was fucking lame, and the outcome was very predictable. The whole thing is about Seth Rollins. What is he doing? How's he getting there? And who is he wrestling? I think at the end of the day, we all know it's Cody Rhodes. Like I said, WWE planted some fucking seeds for Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. They had Corey Graves go out there and drop several hints about his WrestleMania hopes have been dashed. His WrestleMania dream has become a nightmare. All the typical keywords that they got to plug in there. It's happening. It's going to happen at WrestleMania, and like I said in the beginning, I was disappointed we didn't see Cody, that we waited three hours to see Cody because we all know Rollins and Cody's going to be a thing at WrestleMania. But I sat down and I thought about it for a little bit, putting myself in Cody's shoes, putting, in my, putting myself in Cody's mindset. Do you want to debut in Jacksonville, or do you want to debut in Dallas at WrestleMania and get that tremendous return, that tremendous pop? Why do you want Cody to debut on... The road to WrestleMania when we're literally 18 days away from WrestleMania. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And if you're WWE, you're starting fresh with Cody at WrestleMania. You don't need to really build much to the match because the match is going to be fucking great anyway. Sure, it's probably going to be a show stealer if it does happen, when it does happen. And Cody Rhodes, he's a proverbial reset button. Cody debuts at Mania. You start fresh the very next night on Monday Night Raw. And Cody Rhodes is the first thing we fucking see. The new season of WWE television begins with Cody Rhodes. My only fear, and there are people out there claiming that I'm going to be upset that Cody defected to WWE from AEW. Not even close. If Cody Rhodes gives Monday Night Raw a sense of excitement and gives me another reason to fucking watch what is ultimately a terrible program every fucking week, then it's a win for me because at least one thing on a Monday night outside of edge, I will enjoy. And I'm looking forward to it. But my fear is how long is that going to last? Does Cody honestly think he's going to be booked like a world champion? Does Cody honestly think that Bruce and and Vince McMahon are going to book him like a top tier guy? Maybe for a little bit, maybe for a little bit, maybe it's the first six months. How long before, my question is, how long before Vince and, and Bruce Pritchard get bored of Cody Rhodes and their true colors start to come out? They may be excited. Now, welcome home, son. You're back home with the good guys. Yeah, hey, we didn't like what you did, but, you know, we, we understood why you did it. You're back home, right? How long before they actually turn their fucking other, the, the other way? They, they turn their cheek and they start burying Cody Rhodes. And he's got no creative control, which at this point, he will never have any creative control. he have to say, but ultimately he goes through Bruce. Ultimately he goes through Ed Kosky and John Laurinaitis. people power, and Vince McMahon. That's what I'm afraid of. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe it's a one-off. Maybe he shows up at WrestleMania and then he goes right back to AEW. Cody did say we're on a wild ride that nobody's ever going to forget. Or it's something that you never seen before. Maybe he shows up and goes back to AEW. Who knows? Who knows? But Cody and Rollins, all but confirmed for WrestleMania. I'm very excited about it. It Gives me another reason to actually give a shit about WrestleMania, which right now I don't give a shit about anything that's happening on this show. Thank you guys very much for joining me on this Monday night. We are about to get into the Super Chats. Hit that thumbs up, guys. I got 1,242 likes. I need 1,500 is the goal. Make sure you guys go and do that for me. Awesome, post-show. Thank you guys very much. We got six new members in the venue. Holy shit. You guys really were thirsty, huh? You guys wanted to to be VIPs, man. Sit right back there with all the other cool fucking people, man. What are you drinking? What are you drinking tonight? Super chats are open. We're gonna get into that in just a second. Once again, thank you to Manscaped, Manscaped.com. Code script20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Also, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at JD from NY206. And again, hit that subscribe button if you have not done so. Become a subscriber to the number one viewed live stream on Monday, Tuesday when I do it. Wednesday and Friday in the IWC. And that is off the scripts. Let's get into the Super Chats here, guys. We're going to start at the top with Ali. Well, the 499 Super Chat. Hey, JD, I just want to say yesterday was my birthday. Can I please get a shout out? Hashtag OTS for life. Ali, happy birthday, my brother. Everybody in the chat. Throw up those beer emojis. For my boy Ali. D Bastardo with a four in Super Chat. Fucking sucks. Huge part of my wrestling life. Rest in peace, Razor. Hey yo. Crowd eight out of the palm of his hand. Rest in peace. A very sad day in pro wrestling, man. Rest in peace, Scott Hall. My love goes to everybody, that knew Scott Hall and his family, man. We lost a legend. We lost an icon today. The Undertaker with the $2 Super Chat. High pop for Alter Bridges, the other side. Bro, you and me both, man. You and me both, man. Nobody understands the magnitude of how incredible Miles Kennedy is. Nobody. That man's voice could be the voice of anybody's theme music. Tony Brown with a $9.99 super chat. Bianca, yes, sir. I know you like that booty meat, Tony Brown. Bianca is definitely right up there. Brylan Williams with the $2 super chat. Becky came out dressed like a pack of Magnums. Becky Lynch is fucking cringe, man. Anything that that woman does is fucking cringe. But I uh, I enjoyed the beatdown of Bianca Belair tonight. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. Saying Raw is a hot mess is putting it mildly. Seth and KO fighting over a talk show. Mysterio is having to sell for Logan Paul. Thank God baseball is back. The Braves are moving on from Freddie Freeman. I don't know if I should be happy or sad about this. Apparently people were telling me today that Matt Olsen has better offensive numbers than Freddie Freeman and that Matt Olsen is younger and Matt Olsen's got a couple of years on his current deal and Freddie Freeman's going to be asking for way too much money and he's going to be 37 years old and he's going to be making all this money. I don't know, man. Freddie Freeman was a franchise guy. Why do I want to lose Freddie Freeman? I hope this Matt Olson guy, i never seen Matt Olson play, man. Is he going to be a nice fill-in? We're getting Ozuna back this year, too. I didn't know Ozuna was coming back. The Braves lineup is still looking very deadly. Hopefully the pitching can uh, hold up its end of the deal, and we may, we may be in for a two-peat, which is very difficult to do. Jay Patterson with the $2 Super Chat. 3 21 Bianca's braid. Becky said next week. Didn't Bianca Belair say somewhere that she would never indulge or engage in a hair versus hair match? Yeah, that was her death wish right there. Vicky with a $5 Super Chat. I've got gold around my neck. And precious gold around my waist. Rest in peace, our favorite bad guy, Scott Hall. Hashtag Razor Ramon. One of the all-time greats, Vicky. One of the all-time greats. Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. Raw was fine. Raw was okay. It's just there. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just uninspired is a good word for the love of wrestling with the $10 super chat rest in peace Scott Hall you were an influence on so many young wrestlers you may be gone but you will never be forgotten that man's influence is gonna fucking span decades bro long after you and I and everybody else are off this earth man you will see Scott Hall's influence in everything MGM Ballin becomes a member for five months. Thank you, Ballin. I appreciate you, brother. So 1028, Owens comes out. 1045, the match starts. Adrenaline in my soul. This show needs Cody Rhodes. Yes. Cody Rhodes is absolutely needed. Edward Serenson with a $15 super chat. Just wanted to say thank you for chatting with us at Hog on Friday. What a phenomenal show. Edward, I'm glad you enjoyed the show, my brother. And you, you and your crew were a, a pleasure to talk to, man. I might have been a little stunned because I uh, had just done two and a half hours of commentary, but... It's not every day where I get to sign a empty can of liquid death. Which, that, that was my first. Hopefully it's not my last. I appreciate you very much. Jay Coyle with a six-month membership. Thank you, Jay, for the recommitment to the venue. We're just watching the King of the Ring 1993 earlier today with Bret Hart versus Scott Hall. Breaks my heart that he's no longer with us. That match was fucking great, man. Oh, my goodness. I, I don't know how I forgot to mention that. That entire fucking tournament was so good, man. Easily the best King of the Ring tournament ever. Scott Hall versus Bret Hart. Fucking incredible match. The story that Razor stomped on Bret's hands going into the match with Mr. Perfect. It was legitimately great storytelling, man. Every match in that tournament was just, it felt important. Bret versus Razor. Even Duggan. Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Mr. Perfect versus Misty Hughes. That was the worst match in the first round. Then you had Tatanka versus Lex Luger, man. One of the best, if not the best, King of the Ring matches ever was that match between Tatanka and Lex Luger. Fucking awesome. Then we got Bret versus Mr. Perfect, which was easily their best match ever in the second round. Bam Bam Bigelow advanced... Because of the the tie between Tatanka and Luger, so he went right to the finals. Brett beat Mister Perfect, and then Brett beat Bam Bam Bigelow in the finals. Fucking perfect tournament, man! Absolutely the best. One of the my, probably one of my favorite pay per views of all time. Edward Serentz with another two dollar super chat. Rest in peace, Scott Hall. Part of my childhood died today. You and everybody else, man. Terrible. Gregory Benson, Vir is coming to the unemployment line. Also, Scott Hall was one of the best this industry had to offer. WrestleMania 10 ladder match with Shawn Michaels over the IC title. Hey, yo. Rest in peace, Chico. Yeah, they uh, they seemingly can't move on from this Veer Mahan is coming. They, they, they got different vignettes for him, so apparently he's still in the works, but I'm looking forward to Veer showing up, maybe after WrestleMania. Maybe it happens on the Raw after WrestleMania. I don't know. If it doesn't happen on the Raw after Mania, then he's gone. He'll be on Nick Khan's budget cut list. There's no sense in debuting him now two weeks before WrestleMania. Mr. Premium! Mr. Premium! With a 4.99 super chat. Not much else matters tonight. Rest in peace to Scott Hall. Donald Prange with a 199 super chat. Rollins better not be the host of WrestleMania. Rollins and Cody is going to be your match. You know Eli becomes a new member. What are you drinking, brother? First round is on me. AMG, number two, with a 449 in UK Super Chat. I always thought he would get through. Rest in peace, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. That's why I didn't really tweet anything on uh, on Sunday, bro. When the news first broke, I didn't didn't really tweet anything because I, I wanted to see if he would kick out at a two and a half. And he didn't. Matt Eagle with a $1.99 Super Chat. Rest in peace to the coolest bad guy around. Hashtag N-W-O for life. Phil with a five-month Super Chat. Five-month uh, VIP. Thank you for the recommitment, brother. Rest in peace to the bad guy. Seems like Cody vs. Seth is confirmed for WrestleMania. Corey almost had me in tears, but may Scott Hall rest easy. Much luck. CX Trixers with a nine-month membership. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for the recommitment to the OTS VIP Lounge. Rest in peace, bad guy. Gone at just 63. Way too young. The Wolfness Way with a 10-month recommitment to the OTS VIP Lounge. Thank you, my brother. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. He will last forever. Rest in peace, Scott Hall. Paul Van Tassel with a 16-month recommitment to the OTS VIP Lounge. Thank you, Paul Van Tassel. Hard thoughts and prayers to the family and friends of Scott Hall. Rest in peace, Scott Hall. Fox Gwyn with a $9.99 super chat. My first WWF pay-per-view was Survivor Series 94. where I got to see Scott Hall lead the bad guys to a win against HBK and Diesel's team, the Teamsters. And it wasn't hard to not like him ever since. Rest in peace, Scott Hall. A terrible name for their team in the Teamsters. That was the Survivor Series where Chuck Norris was the enforcer for a, a casket match rematch between Yokozuna and The Undertaker. That was also the Survivor Series where Bob Backlund beat Bret Hart for the WWF title in a fantastic submission match. Awesome. Scott passing away truly hurt my heart, man. Wow, says JD twenty five with a one ninety nine super chat. Brandon Jefferson with a four ninety nine super chat. I hope to see Mister ninety five come back, man. But can I get a drink for a toast to the bad guy? Absolutely, man. Whatever you want, man. What are you drinking? DRP live with a two dollar super chat. Can you do a Brett versus Austin WrestleMania thirteen watch along? Salamons is doing that. Just subscribe to his YouTube channel and become a member. I believe he's doing that for channel members only. Captain Solo with a nine-month membership. Rest in peace to Razor Ramon. Should have had a WWE Championship run. Same can be said about a lot of people, man. Same can be said about a lot of people. Kelly with a four ninety nine super chat. Rest in peace, Scott Hall. Thank you for everything you've done. Hey, yo, I will miss you for life. Anthony Olivares with a $10 super chat. Hey, yo, one more for the bad guy. Captain Solo with a $5 super chat. How is Charmel being entered into the Hall of Fame, the same class as The Undertaker? Is this company mental? Charmelle doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame, Captain Solo. It's quite sad that Charmelle is going in before uh, Miss Elizabeth or Sensational Sherry. And Charmelle being in the Hall of Fame shows you how irrelevant the WWE Hall of Fame is. And how political it really is. It's a a waste of fucking time. Charmelle does not belong in the Hall of Fame. She was never a wrestler. She didn't wrestle for WWE. All she did was manage her husband And uh, I can't remember anything of note that she did. So she doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. She's going into the Hall of Fame. It's because of Booker T. Chelsea becomes a new member in the venue. Thank you, Chelsea. I appreciate your uh, VIP commitment. What are you drinking tonight? Hopefully it's a shot of something. My friends were making fun of me me because I I enjoyed uh, several glasses of Bullet Bourbon the other night. They're like, man, we got to get you on that 100 proof whiskey. I like a nice, well-balanced, flavorful whiskey. Bullet, Buffalo Trace. Those are the last two bottles that I've indulged in. I love Knob's Creek. Knob Creek whiskey is fucking awesome, man. Peanut butter whiskey, my guy. You got it, Chelsea. You got it. Make it a double, Jesse. Make it a double. And no lip, man. No lip. Scott Hall passed away. We're all, we're all grieving. We're all fucking remembrance. Get her a, a, a double shot of whiskey. I'll take care of you on Wednesday, man. Thunder Rose is coming after you. Don't worry. It's Sensational Sherry in the Hall of Fame? I think she was in. Miss Elizabeth is not in the Hall of Fame. China is not in solo in the Hall of Fame. I didn't. I forgot Sherry was in the Hall of Fame. Is Sherry in the Hall of Fame? Pardon me for not knowing, man. Nobody gives a fuck about the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, Cam G with the $10 Super Jet. How's it going, JD? I had a question for you. I grew up off rap and rock, and I'm always looking for other bands. Do you have any recommendations of rock bands I should check out? Cam uh, um, I do not I don't, I don't know, man. You know, my, my taste in music is very peculiar to many people. How about this? Start off with Alter Bridge, which I'm assuming you kind of know who they are, anyway. That's my favorite band. I would say. Go listen to Mark Tremonti's solo work. He's also an incredible vocalist and a guitar player. But if you guys want what I listen to, man, I'm easy to find on Spotify. Everything I listen to is in my good shit playlist. Chelsea with a Canadian $5 super chat. Amazing. And love the work as always. Keep doing what you do. Tacos with sour cream is the best. I need some peanut butter whiskey in Canada. OTS for life. Yes. Yes. Fuck Jesse and his tacos. Jesse's going to have the the biggest fucking taco face on Wednesday when Thunder Rosa wins that women's championship. $5 Super Chat. World of Wrestling. Rest in peace, Scott Hall. Do you think Scott Hall would have been world champion if he stayed in WWE's Razor Ramon? P.S. Thank God Cody Rhodes didn't return to WWE. Uh, World of Wrestling. He will be at WrestleMania is Cody Rhodes. And no. If Razor Ramon didn't win the world title... When he was there, he probably would have never won. And if he did once... Gyro Gonzalez with a Mexican $20 Super chat, Stone Cold gonna wrestle for the honor of Texas. Lame. I agree. Vegeta and Prince JXN become new members of the OTS VIP Lounge. Thank you, my guys. What are you guys drinking? A furious nation with a six-month membership... What is up, J.D.? Glad to be a member for six months. Cheers, bro. What are you guys drinking? Gavin Deeth with an Australian $10 Super Chat. Mania Smackdown, Mania Weekend, Mania Raw, Mania NXT, Five Nights of Pain, and OTS is the only cure. Bro, I'm going to be dead by the end of the weekend. Chill Vibes becomes a member for 11 months. Thank you for the commitment to the VIP lounge, my friend. Edge vs. AJ Styles reminds me of The Undertaker vs. Shawn Michaels. Heaven vs. Hell at WrestleMania. I wouldn't go that far, but if they produce a match similar to that in ring, I hope so. The Gary Sphere with a $5 Super Chat can tell Edge has a hand in what he does on TV. Taking Metalingus away from the crowd is a great heel move. P.S. Alter Bridge is great live. Oh, I know, man. I know Alter is great life. I've seen them about eight fucking times. Furious Nation with a $10 super chat after listening to The Other Side by Alter Bridge. It really just screams heel for Edge. Heel Edge is the best Edge. Looking forward to Edge versus Styles at WrestleMania. You know, I find it funny, man. The Other Side is track three. I believe it's track three on uh, The Last Hero their album The Last Hero let me see it's track 3 on The Last Hero where am I going man yes Alter Bridge popular releases yes yeah track 3 on The Last Hero man if you guys go and listen to, to The Other Side on Alter Bridge's album, The Last Hero, man, I'm telling you right now, if you're not listening to the songs, Island of Fools, Losing Patience, no, no, not Losing Patience, the, This Side of Fate, um, and The Last Hero, the title track. The title track is in their top three greatest songs ever written. It may be number two. Blackbird, Last Hero, and Fortress Are Alter Bridge's best three songs ever And coincidentally They're all about eight minutes long Obviously you see where they excel Uh, Steven Escalante With the 199 Super Jack Chris Jericho, Hero Run in 2008 Was so great, absolutely man My favorite Chris Jericho, period Furious Nation with a $10 sewage. Also, rest in peace to Scott Hall. Thoughts and prayers are with him and his family and friends. There will truly never be another bad guy. Also, if Cody goes to WWE, do you prefer Kingdom or Smoke and Mirrors? Kingdom. WWE, by all means, is going to give Cody what they think is best for Cody. If they're smart, they'd buy the rights to Cody's theme song. They're gonna give him new theme music and it's not gonna be anything close to what represents Cody Rhodes. Prince JXN with a $1 super chat. Thank you, brother. I don't need it though, put it in the tip jar. Issa is gonna be back behind the bar very soon, man. She could use it. Terry Allen with a new membership. Thank you, brother. What are you drinking, man? VIP Lounge. Welcome, Terry Allen. 813 Car Guy with a $20 Super Chat. Cody just going back to WWE doesn't feel right. I say he shows up in some way at Supercard of Honor and makes headlines WrestleMania weekend. I don't know, man. He's gonna sh- he's showing up at WrestleMania. Just the way it is. Brandon with a $4.99 Super Chat. WWE has some hidden gems in 2008. Edge and Taker, Batista, Cena, Michaels and Jericho, some great stuff and a good year. How I wish we could go back to such a great year, man. Chelsea with a $2 Canadian Super Jet. Love the live streams. King of OTS, JD. Rest in peace, Scott. Thank you, Chelsea. Appreciate the love tonight. 813 Car Guy and Freebird. Thank you for your memberships. Car Guy, a new member. Freebird, eight months. Hey, JD, any thoughts on playing 2K22? I would love to see you stream General Manager and Universe Mode like you used to do. Listen to you every day. Keep grinding. Uh, It is in the back of my mind, Freebird. I may be purchasing it this week. And I will maybe create content, man. I know a lot of people want to see me play My Rise. but we'll see what happens. And if I do anything WW2K, it will be on this channel because this is a wrestling-related channel. Steven Escalante with the one ninety nine Super Chat. I love the channel, JT. Keep up your amazing work. Thank you, Steven. Ahmed Youssef with the four ninety nine Super Chat. Thank you, Ahmed. I appreciate you, brother. Rest in peace to the legend Reza Ramon. When are you going to do a live stream of WW2K22? Fairly soon, Ahmed. Shakoy with the $2 Super Chat. Can someone tell me what Charmel did to earn a Hall of Fame induction? Nothing. She did nothing. Juan Carlos Venus one with a 199 Super Chat. SR slash Veer at WrestleMania. Laughing my ass off. Just kidding. Keep up the good work, JD. Phil with the $20 Super Chat. I love that. Edge came out to Alton Bridge the other side. I love the vocals of Miles Kennedy, and it just fits my vision of rock. Have Metalingus be his baby face theme on the other side as his heel theme rest in peace Scott Hall Edge is a master man I'm not surprised he chose that song Chris Elliott 1989 with a $2 super chat rest in peace Scott Hall heartbreak emoji crying emoji hashtag hey yo Avataz with a $2 super chat hey yo You know who I am, and you know why I'm here. Awesome. furious Nation with a $5 Super Chat. Did you know that Scott Hall's son Cody wrestles in New Japan Pro Wrestling? Any thoughts on WW2K22? It looks good. It's got me to a point where I'm thinking I'm going to buy it. After I said I wasn't. I'm surprised it got as good of reviews as I've seen. It's very difficult to take my hands away from Destiny, though, because that's all I'm playing. It's out of my head. Man of a thousand and five holds with a five dollar super chat. Hey yo, rest in peace, Scott Hall, what a legend in terms of heel work. I think this edge rivals the Tribal Chief, and bridge reeks of awesomeness. It's out of my head. Phil with a four ninety nine super chat. Corey Graves legitimately had me crying when he spoke about Scott Hall. You can tell that emotion was real. May he rest easy. Hey yo, good stream. Thank you, man. Brandon James Shea With a three-month VIP membership. Why does WWE suck? I don't know, man. Because they got a bunch of uninspired, lifeless fucking suits and ties making the decisions backstage. Furious Nation with a five-dollar super chat. In my opinion, I do think Jericho will jump ship to WWE eventually, along with some others. Thoughts? Have a good night, brother, and be well. Jericho retires in AEW. Brandon James Shea with a $5 super chat. Matt Olsen averages 271 with 39 home runs. That was in 2021. I like it. It's not bad. The Wild Demon. Thank you for your membership to the VIP Lounge, man. Four months. I only watched Raw tonight just to see if Cody was going to show up. Sad to hear the passing of Scott Hall. I know, man. A lot of people watch Monday Night Raw to see Cody Rhodes and then ultimately were uh, disappointed. But WWE gave you no impression that he was going to show up. It was all social media. It was the saps and the dirt sheets... He will be at WrestleMania, That When Seth Rollins comes out there in WrestleMania, you know you're going to hear that theme music, and you know you're going to get Cody Rhodes. And Juan Carlos, as I exit the venue and start the Mustang up. Juan Carlos, with a 199 Super Chat. Is Cody winning Money in the Bank this year? I don't know, man. Let's get through WrestleMania first. Do you mind? Let's get through WrestleMania first, man. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me on Monday night, man. Monday night Raw Post Show in the books. I may or may not be live for NXT tomorrow night, man. You know, Miz TV is happening on NXT tomorrow night, man. How could they further deteriorate the NXT brand? Let's have fucking Miz show up and do Miz TV with Dolph Ziggler tomorrow night on NXT. Because Dolph Ziggler's the new NXT champion. I may or may not be live. If my guys want to do the vow of Disciple Raid on Destiny... I may end up doing that and say, fuck NXT. I may give you guys uh, a podcast tomorrow during the day. I don't know. I'll play it by ear. But thank you guys for hanging out with me, man. Continue to hit that thumbs up. Can we try to get at least close to 1,500 likes? I see 1,326 right now. Can we get 1,500? Thank you guys for the super chats. Thank you to all the new members, man. I appreciate all the new members in the VIP lounge, man. There's plenty of room. Plenty of room. Go hit up Manscaped, manscaped manscaped.com. Use code SCRIPT20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Follow me on social media, at J.D. from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram, and hit that subscribe button down below, man. Become a subscriber of the number one live podcast in the IWC right here on Off the Script. And don't let anybody tell you that it's them. It's always me. Rest in peace to Scott Hall. And I'm getting out of here, guys. I need those guitar emojis and those Mustang emojis in the chat. And I need that fucking music on, Max, bro. I'll see you guys on Tuesday, possibly with a live post-show of NXT. If not, I'll see you guys Wednesday with Jesse. For Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, Steel Cage, St. Patrick's Day Slam. I'll see you guys for Dynamite.